Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. When natural disaster strikes, it not only impacts our own family, but often entire neighborhoods or communities. In the face of disaster, a disaster preparedness and response program presented by Family and Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky seeks to give families the resources they need to prepare for a natural disaster before it occurs and rebound in the aftermath. My guests today are Hardin Stevens and Miranda Beta. Hardin is our Senior Extension Associate in Family and Consumer Sciences Extension, and Miranda is a PhD student in Family Sciences, and she's also a Graduate Research Assistant in Family and Consumer Sciences. So welcome to you both. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you. We are continuing the discussion about in the face of disaster and recovering from a natural disaster takes time for individuals and communities. So regardless of the disaster, in the aftermath, always follow the guidance of first responders and officials in your area, as their main objective is keeping the community and its members safe. When we find that we've been confronted with a natural disaster in our community, what are some of the first steps that we should take? One of the first things that you should do after a disaster is document any damage to your property before cleanup begins. Documentation of property damage is necessary if you plan to file insurance claims or even if you think you might do that. Take detailed notes and take pictures if you can. And once you've done that, then you can begin the cleanup process. So what tips do you have for cleaning up after a disaster? Well, uh, Mindy, if you did uh, need to evacuate during a disaster, do not return home until it has been deemed safe to do by local authorities. During the cleanup, safety should always be your top priority. And when cleaning it up, it is recommended to wear protective gear such as gloves, hard hats, and steel toe boots. We want people to know that hazards still persist after a disaster, so be cautious of unstable structures or falling objects. Also, when working with items contaminated by sewage or flood water, you need to wear rubber boots, gloves, and goggles. Treat all flood water as contaminated and wash your hands frequently and protect any open cuts or sores. Also, remember electrical currents can travel through water and wet floors. Never walk through a flooded building until gas and electric services are disconnected. Stay away from all fallen power lines. Even if they aren't sparking, you should assume power lines and electrical equipment are live and receiving power. And then last but not least, take care of yourself. Take breaks as needed. Stay hydrated with clean drinking water. Work with others to lift heavy heavy objects and avoid straining or overextending yourself during this time. Many natural disasters create 
an inordinate amount of debris. So what do we do with that debris after the disaster? Yeah, so after a natural disaster, you might not know if items have been contaminated, what might have spilled on them. So you want to dispose of any household items that cannot be sanitized. So these might be things like books, stuffed animals, baby toys, and food. If there's any doubt about an item, you do want to throw it out. For items that can be sanitized, you can wash them using a mixture of one cup of bleach for every five gallons of clean water. As you clean, place debris by the curb. Be sure to keep roadways and paths to fire hydrants, meters, and utility boxes clear. Kentucky Emergency Management recommends separating debris by category to make debris removal smoother. So these categories are vegetative debris like leaves, plants, and tree branches, hazardous waste, so things like batteries, paint, cleaning supplies, oil, and compressed gas, small electronics, construction debris like furniture, carpet, or building materials, and large appliances such as washers and dryers, water heaters, and refrigerators. Your local Office of Emergency Management and local Cooperative Extension Office can provide you with additional information about removing debris. So what happens if we lose power? What can we do to mitigate that challenge? Following a disaster, uh, portable generators may be used if power is unavailable. When using a generator, first of all, inspect all cords for damage before you plug them in. Never use a generator or electrical appliance if you or the appliance are wet or are in standing water. When using a generator, make sure there is adequate ventilation. Never use a generator in a home, garage, or near windows or doors to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. Generators produce heat and remain hot after use. So keep flammable materials away from the generator, especially fuel containers, and allow the generator to cool before refilling it to reduce the risk of fire. Turn the generator on before plugging appliances into it. Once the generator is running, prioritize your electricity needs. Turn appliances and lights on one at a time to avoid overloading the unit. I'm sure that our response for each specific disaster is going to be a little bit different. So what are the recommendations according to disaster? So following any disaster, seek medical attention if you need it. If you have evacuated, wait until emergency personnel have deemed your area or your home safe before attempting to re-enter. And this does include waiting until weather conditions are safe to travel in. If you sheltered in place, wait for an all clear before leaving your sheltered location. So if the disaster impacted your home, it may need to be inspected for safety. For example, fires can damage the structure of your home and your home will need to be inspected before you can re-enter. If a flood occurred, remember that driving in flood water is dangerous. Flood water may carry electricity and other safety hazards, and it doesn't take much water to sweep you or your vehicle away. When you do return home, wear protective gear and remain cautious. Avoid using appliances or vehicles impacted by the flood until a professional has inspected them for safety. After an earthquake, follow the instructions of local authorities and be prepared for aftershocks. Inspect your home for damage and leave if it seems unsafe. 
You also want to be cautious of additional hazards such as fallen power lines or gas leaks or fires that might start as a result of the earthquake. If you hear a hissing noise or smell gas, you should exit immediately and contact the fire department because this may indicate that a gas line has broken. Landslides occur when earth moves downward, which often follows other disasters such as heavy rain, flooding, and earthquakes. So if a landslide happens, avoid the area in case an additional landslide occurs. And flooding might also occur during or after a landslide. After a winter storm, be cautious when clearing snow or walking on icy surfaces. Shoveling heavy snow can lead to overexertion or you could slip and fall on icy surfaces. If you are out in the cold, take breaks to warm up and seek medical attention if you suspect frostbite or hypothermia. And if you have pets, remember to take precautions with them as well. Perhaps I'm in the situation where the disaster did not affect me personally, but maybe there are things that I can do to help others. Do you have suggestions for that? Uh, Following a disaster, you might want to volunteer to help those affected. If you are interested in volunteering, it is recommended that you work with an established organization to provide help and resources. Uh, Such organizations may include the Kentucky Cooperative Extension Service, the American Red Cross, United Way, Habitat for Humanity, or local food banks, just to name a few. Volunteering with an established agency can provide you with supplies, direction, and liability coverage during your volunteer efforts. If collecting donations, check with the organization to see what is needed and where to send those donations. And also be flexible in your uh, volunteer role, as you may be needed in a capacity different from what you expected. Harden and Miranda, we've talked a lot about our physical needs following a disaster, but are there considerations that we need to think about with regard to our mental health? We do want to emphasize to pay attention to your own emotional well-being. You may experience a range of emotions following a disaster, and if you need immediate assistance, call the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline at 988 to be connected to a local resources for your emotional well-being. And if you are experiencing physical distress or a threat to your public safety, call 911 immediately. These are all such great tips. And uh, I know that having access to the resources that we need will help us all to recover from whatever the disaster may be. And I do want to remind people that when a disaster strikes, recovery is a marathon, not a sprint. So don't expect to have everything back to normal within a week or so, because sometimes that just won't happen. Preparing for a natural disaster can be a long process. And there are many considerations which we did not discuss today, but you can always learn more by downloading the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Service publication series in the face of disaster, which covers ways to prepare for an emergency and ways to recover if affected. Topics include finances, food and water considerations, ways to protect your family and home, and how to take care of your mental health after a traumatic event. Thank you both for your time today. Thank you, Mindy. Yes, thank you, Mindy.
If you are just tuning in, you have been listening to Talking Facts, which is available wherever you get your favorite podcast. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.